Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is your host, Ryan Kennedy. And today's episode is all about carbohydrates. Carbs are villainized by a lot of people in the health and nutrition space. And I really don't even like the term carbohydrate because it's such a big umbrella of things it includes. Carbohydrates are everything from broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, tomatoes, all the way to pizza, crackers, cookies, refined table sugar. And so saying something is a carbohydrate doesn't necessarily mean it's good or bad. And even some of the more refined processed carbohydrates aren't necessarily all bad when they're used correctly. So today's episode, I'm going to really dive in. I got a great question in from one of the listeners who wanted me to kind of dive into the best time of day to eat carbohydrates, which ones are better than others and which ones should really be minimized or avoided. And then also kind of diving into glycemic index and the uh, role physical activity plays in our carbohydrate needs. And so I'm going to talk about that and much more. So first thing is I like to differentiate carbohydrates into a subcategory, which would be starches and sugars, because that is what is commonly referred to as net carbs, where you're not counting fiber. Because a lot of people, if I went out and ate a whole pan of carbohydrates, that could consist of some asparagus and some cauliflower and some Brussels sprouts and all of these things that most people would be like, you didn't eat a high carb meal, uh, but those are all carbohydrates. And so the, the real thing to look at is, you know, foods that are high in starch and sugar, because those are really the carbs most people are referring to. They're not really talking about non-starchy vegetables when they're discussing carbohydrates. And so when it comes to glycemic index, uh, the glycemic index is simply a scale of measuring the blood sugar response of a certain food after you've consumed it. And so something with a very high glycemic index is going to be very triggering to your blood glucose and cause a oftentimes cause a spike in blood glucose followed by a release of insulin to modulate that blood glucose. And so that's basically not a great thing to be doing all the time. It's actually very damaging to your short and long-term health. And so we want to try and keep our blood sugar stable throughout the day. This concept of glycemic variability, as it's often referred to, is the importance of keeping your blood sugar stable to avoid dips in energy, mood alterations, fat storage and fat gain, as well as many other variables in the body that tend to go a little haywire when we're constantly having this roller coaster of blood glucose and insulin spikes. And so when it comes to uh, the glycemic index, there is some variability, guys, because uh, as Rob Wolf noted in one of his books, um, when you look at test subjects and you feed them the same food, two different people will have a different glycemic response. And that has a lot to do with their activity level, any food sensitivities they might have to that particular carbohydrate, as well as how they just digest and metabolize it. So it's not a one size fits all, even though a food will have a, just a black and white glycemic index number, one being the lowest, hundred being the highest. Uh, and so foods on the lower end are definitely going to be a better bet in terms of not altering your blood sugar. And then we have what's called the glycemic load, which is the total, uh, cumulative effect on your blood sugar from a given meal. And so if you were to have, let's say a piece of fruit that might have a moderately high glycemic index, let's say watermelon, for example, but you were to pair that watermelon with some healthy fats, let's say you had it with some almond butter, or you enjoy that watermelon alongside an avocado, 
Well, the fats in that avocado are going to slow the absorption and digestion of the sugars in that watermelon and the glycemic load of the two foods combined is going to be much less than the glycemic index of the watermelon alone. So if you're following me, it's generally a good idea to combine fats, healthy fats, uh, with your higher glycemic carbohydrates in order to slow that conversion of that carb in into sugar in the body. Now, when is the best time of day to be consuming carbohydrates? For the vast majority of people, it's going to be dinner time. And there is some debate on this, but for the most part, if you start your day with carbo a high carbohydrate meal for breakfast, and you're having, um, you know, let's say some pancakes or some oatmeal, oatmeal is a very common, uh, quote unquote, healthy breakfast, which by the way, it's not very healthy at all. Uh, but if you're starting your day that way, the likelihood that you're going to have dips in energy and focus and other things as far as your daily performance, it's going to be very high because you're starting it with this big bolus of carbohydrate. Additionally, when you start eating carbs throughout the day, the likelihood that you crave more carbohydrates for lunch and dinner goes up substantially. And so because carbohydrates, particularly these refined sugars and refined starches, tend to be very addictive and cause some neurochemical imbalances that lead us to want more of these foods, I find it's far better to save those carbohydrates for dinner time. After you've gone through your day, after you've exerted your body and you've broken down your glycogen by doing some movement and some exercise and you know just even cognitive demanding tasks like working at your computer or talking to people, it diminishes our glycogen to an extent. And so by decreasing the stored carbohydrate in the body, that's what glycogen is, is it's stored carbohydrate primarily in our liver and in our muscles, you're able to tolerate carbohydrates better because now those carbohydrates are going towards replenishing your glycogen stores rather than just jacking up your blood sugar and creating some fat storage if your glycogen stores are not depleted, uh, if they're totally topped off going into that high carbohydrate meal. So in my perspective, the better time to consume them would be during uh, dinner after your day. But in general, it's best to consume them post-exercise after you've done some type of physical activity. And that could be a hike, that could be resistance training, which is one of the best ones. That could be HIIT training, all sorts of different types of exercise out there. But having them post-workout is typically going to be the best strategy to minimize that blood sugar response uh, in a negative way and also to fuel some of the recovery um, because it does help when you have insulin present post-workout during your post-workout meal to drive nutrients into the muscle to help facilitate better and faster recovery. So our physical activity plays a huge role in how many carbs we actually need. And I like to saying, you got to earn your carbs, guys. Earn your carbs because if you sit at a computer all day long and then you come home and then you sit on the couch until you go to sleep and then you rinse and repeat, you really don't need many carbohydrates. You know, the small amounts you're going to be getting from various vegetables and a couple of whole fruits is going to more than cover your bases. You don't need a bunch of starchy um, carbs because you're not exerting yourself. Now, if you're a professional athlete or if you're a weekend warrior, or if you're just someone that really likes to get after it and train hard and work out on a regular basis, you will benefit from more carbohydrates. Going on a super low carb diet for someone who's extremely physically active isn't usually the best strategy. Now it works great for some people. There's lots of people out there that are following ketogenic or carnivore style diets who train hard and are doing just fine. But I've found it does help when it comes to sleep quality, when it comes to recovery, and when it comes to hormones to have some carbohydrates. Now, 
here's where the nuances come into play because the type of carbohydrates you're consuming can make a world of difference in the effects they have on your body. And so there is some degree of truth that the total carb count and the calories are the biggest driver of the effects. But if you're having your carbohydrates from a clean burning starch, like root vegetables being my favorite. So potatoes, sweet potatoes, yams, carrots, beets, turnips, all of these root vegetables are very clean sources of quality starch, quality carbohydrate. That's going to be far superior than if you're getting your carbohydrate from refined processed GMO wheat, which is sprayed with glyphosate and has all these inflammatory proteins and tends to cause a lot of gut irritation, a lot of joint pain and inflammation, a lot of brain fog, a lot of downstream issues because of the way our bodies respond to that particular food. So you could have a let's say 50 grams of carbohydrate from potatoes, 50 grams of carbohydrate from conventional pasta, different effects at the end of the day. And so I'm a big fan of sticking your root vegetables as the primary source of carbohydrates. And then the other source I'm a big fan of would be whole fruits, especially berries. I love berries, but also apples or uh, more uh, seasonal fruits that you have available to you, uh, fresh or frozen, but whole fruits not dried fruit, not fruit juice. That has a whole different effect on the body, but whole fruits, uh, starchy vegetables, like I mentioned, uh, root vegetables being the most common ones. Uh, and then also a uh, good white rice, like an organic white rice is a very easy to digest starch. Now it doesn't provide much nutritional value, but it is very easy on the gut. And it is very good source of easy to get starch that most people do great with from a digestion perspective. And so for that reason, that's another one I include in uh, the really high quality sources of carbohydrate. Ones I would steer clear of are just the refined processed grains. And that would be anything wheat-based, which would be all your, virtually all your breads, pastas, pizza, crackers, cookies, cereals, uh, and then a lot of things with refined sugar. Um, and that's going to be basically all your sweets and desserts that use cane sugar or some variation of a uh, of some type of glucose slash sucrose uh, combo. Um, and then fructose being, you know, problematic in large quantities as well, like your high fructose corn syrup and uh, agave nectar. Those are not going to be the best sources of carbohydrates in my book. Some people will say if you're not over consuming it, it's probably fine. And there might be some truth to that. Uh, but I just don't think anyone should be eating processed high fructose corn syrup there's no reason for it. You know, it's not benefiting you in any way. So I hope you found this information helpful. Um, you know, I know I kind of went quickly and covered a lot, but the, the bottom line is earn your carbs, stick to high quality, low inflammatory sources. How much you need greatly depends on your physical activity, your body weight, your body composition, your goals. So there's a lot of nuances that'll determine whether you need 75 grams per day, whether you need 150 grams per day, you know, that's usually a pretty good upper and lower window for most people. Um, it's rare that you're going to need more than 150 grams of carbs per day. If you're, even if you're super active and you're a bigger person. Uh, so most people can probably fall around that hundred grams a day, Mark, give or take, you know, a little bit based on your specific situation. Uh, and then, not over consuming them in the morning or, or with lunch, especially if you want to excel as far as your energy and cognitive performance throughout the rest of the day. Hope you found this episode helpful. Share it along with someone you know who demonizes carbs altogether, or perhaps someone you know who uh, is a carb lover and needs to hear this to really 
guide their choices. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.